Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to another sub, 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 whatever sub segment of <laughs> women around the world, fictional women around the world. And oh my goodness, I'm so excited about this one. I'm Julius. so glad I chose who I did, which is Dana Scully, because I actually had picked someone else out um, for this, our, our month of October. But then I was thinking about, I just saw on the news something about the Scully effect. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I've got to learn more about this and I might as well tie it into work. And I'm so glad that I did. Perfect. I love it. So I know I've talked about my experience growing up watching X-Files. Terrified. It terrified me. Uh, and in fact, I got so scared by... Because I have said I'm scared of aliens. So I, this was a real push for me. But also, it's the Killer Bee episode. I got so scared, my mom forbid me to watch it ever again. So I had to stay up until 3 a.m. on Sundays and watch it on Fox with the volume way down. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, mom, yes, I did that for years. <laughs> um, but as I got older, the, the ban was lifted and my friend and I would watch it and we would both be on our landline phones and we'd watch it at the same time. And her, her TV was slightly faster than mine, so she would gasp and I'd be like, what is it? And then it would happen. I'm like, ah! It was just such a fun <laughs> like, experience that doesn't really happen anymore. And I know I've talked a lot about how watching this show was... One of my first times of like, I had a crush on both Mulder and Scully. And I was like, hmm. Although looking back, I wasn't, I didn't think that was weird. I didn't think it was weird. It was funny. I was telling the story to somebody the other day. And I was like, I, I used to think it was weird that I, I had a crush on Luke and Leia. And she was like, oh, because you, you were learning, you were bi. And I was like, no, because they're related. I wasn't sure if that was weird. <laughs> and she was like, oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it never struck me as odd, which I do find interesting. I think I might have just assumed, you know, fictional crushes, whatever. But it was uh, it was a very a kind of a formative... I know a lot of people have said this. This is actually something we're going to talk about in this episode as well. But I was not the only one who experienced this at all. Mm-hmm. Also, I didn't realize until I was doing the research for this episode how kind of funny and on the nose her name is, Scully. But we have a Scully... If you listen to or have seen any of the videos that um, the Stuff They Don't Want You to Know crew have done, they might mention Scully. Scully is a skeleton that we have in our office that is always hanging around. But yeah, I didn't realize how kind of funny that name is. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yes. All right. So let's get into it. Dana Catherine Scully is one of the protagonists of The X-Files, a sci-fi paranormal television show that debuted in 1993. She was played by Gillian Anderson and appeared in all but five episodes of the nine seasons of episodes plus a much shorter two seasons. Some people say there's 10 seasons, some people say there are 11 seasons. I don't know what the deal is with that, but also in all the movies. According to Chris Carter, creator of the series, he immediately wanted to cast Anderson after her audition, but the network was pushing him to cast a, quote, bombshell. Um, Their first choice was Pamela Anderson. Carter said he didn't want romance between Mulder and Scully and that he wanted the genders to play against stereotypes, i.e. Scully being the more logical, skeptical one. Mm. So Scully is an FBI special agent, medical doctor, and the skeptic to her partner, Fox, 
I want to believe Mulder. Uh, yes. So I try to watch this. I've gone through a few episodes, but that's part I didn't know. Like he's trying to convince <laughs> everybody you need you need yes. to believe. Um, uh-huh. But I do love that she's the all around know it all. Has to be at the top of her game. Mm-hmm. Typical FBI agent for these shows. Uh, <laughs> she was originally assigned to Mulder to debunk his work and report back to her supervisor. Narc. Over time, <laughs> she and Mulder developed a strong trust and respect for each other and later some romantic feelings because, you know, you got to add that in there for drama. Yeah, her drama. Uh, <laughs> there was some drama for sure. Alien drama. <laughs> Scully was born in the 60s in Maryland and was raised Catholic, though her fave movie was The Exorcist and her ideas around religion fluctuate. Ultimately, she wants to believe too, but is afraid to. She also, she wears a cross throughout the series. Both her parents were supportive. Her dad was military and they moved around a lot. After her Sunday school teacher was murdered in his backyard when she was 13, she realized that there was, quote, true evil in the world. Scully described her childhood like this. Ever since I was a child, I've never allowed myself to get too close to people. I've avoided emotional attachment. Perhaps I've been so afraid of death and dying that any connection just seemed like a bad thing, something that wouldn't last. All right, I need to know. Yes. Is Gillian Anderson English? No, but she grew up in London. Okay. She was not born there, but from what I understand, spent a good chunk of her childhood growing up there. Okay. You asked because know. of the crown, yes. <laughs> well, no, not just because of the crown, because like any of the shows, uh, they had a BBC series of, it was one of the literature remakes. It wasn't Jane Austen, uh, but it was another one. I think it was a Charles Dickens one. And her accent mm-hmm. was on point and it threw me off because her American accent is also on point. So I assumed right. she was American. So that was one right. of those moments of, what? <laughs> Knowing her as Scully. So anyway. Right. Just yes, had that yes. moment. So mm-hmm. she, being Scully, not Gillian Anderson, yes. she studied at University of Maryland where one of the doctors above her once said, quote, humans are top carnivores. We sit at the top of the food chain. We reduce other species' chances of survival. Mm-hmm. True. She studied forensic medicine and physics. Uh, she was really ambitious, threw herself into her work, pushing herself to accomplish more and more. In 1990, she was recruited by the FBI, where she attended the FBI Academy, later going on to become an instructor. A cutscene described her as, quote, intelligent, self-assured, with an unblushing sense of her own femininity, and that she commands attention. Yes, that she does. Over her time working with Agent Mulder, her beliefs are tested as they encounter phenomena a week after week <laughs> that are often difficult to explain. I remember even being a kid and being like, wow, so something like this happens like every week? <laughs> um, at first, she is often mocking towards Mulder and his ideas, But while the skepticism remains, she doesn't lose that. Her attitude around it kind of shifts. And she is really, really, really skilled. Um, She's quick on her feet. She's smart. She's good under pressure. Analytical, good with weapons. Also, she might be immortal, and I totally forgot about that whole plot line. Hmm. (laughs) She has a cancer scare. The plot lines are related to this immortality thing. And an infertility storyline as well. On top of that, she has extraterrestrial DNA that she uses to make a vaccine to save humankind. Ooh. Yes. She partnered with Agent Doggett when Mulder disappeared and gave birth to her and Mulder's telekinetic son, although the pregnancy happened 
mysteriously, but Scully and Mulder call William their son. Turns out aliens need William to colonize planet Earth and that he was at one time part alien. In order to protect him, uh, Scully finds a family to anonymously adopt him as a baby. Uh, Way back in season two, she'd unknowingly mothered a daughter named Emily who was adopted to another family where she died soon after. Scully reunited with Mulder and they started a life together, her working as a doctor for six years until the charges against Mulder were dropped and the two returned as partners to the reopened X-Files unit. (laughs) That was a lot. I know a lot happened in that paragraph. Or what happened in that short span of time over the show. And then there was something else. And then (laughs) someone died. This really was like one season. (laughs) I was like, It gets wild towards the end. Damn, okay. (laughs) So it wasn't until towards the end of the show that her and Mulder were more consistently shown doing date-like activities together and hence that they were dating or hooking up started to appear. Uh, Mulder gave her a love confession. It's implied that she initiated sex. She leaves him at one point, and then they end up back together, her pregnant with his child. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, obviously, if you've got, like, essentially 11 years of stuff and a couple movies, it's a lot to condense. Uh, And it's strange. I mean, a lot of strange things happen on this show. Obviously. uh, Obviously. I did want to talk about the impact this character had because um, she was well-loved and critically lauded. I found a list of like 20 female characters on TV like now or recently that were inspired by her. Like the creators have said Scully was the inspiration. She had a lasting impact. She has a Barbie. <laughs> um, I don't know what that really means, but it means she had a big impact. She regularly lands on list of best and most iconic heroines and provided inspiration for, yes, a bunch of fictional characters that followed after her. In the words of Liz Shannon Miller at IndieWire, Scully's legacy is so important in so many ways, from giving us the gift of Gillian Anderson's acting to inspiring an entire generation of young women to pursue careers in STEM. Intelligent, loyal, flawed, and brave, Scully was the show's beating heart and saving grace, even in its lowest years. As Chris Carter himself has said, it's Scully's show. So let's talk about the Scully effect. So let's break down that STEM bit. We've mentioned it before, but this is something called the Scully effect. The popularity of this character is thought to have inspired a whole generation of women to pursue careers in STEM. And it's a term still in use today. When asked about this in 2013, uh, Gillian Anderson actually said, quote, we got a lot of letters all the time, and I was told quite frequently by girls who are going into the medical world or the science world or the FBI world or other worlds that I reigned that they were pursuing this pursuit because of the character of Scully. And I said, yay! As yeah. you Yeah! <laughs> I love it. Um, this whole thing has actually been academically studied, including by the Gina Davis Institute. Among 2,000 women surveyed, they found, quote, among the women who are familiar with the character, 50% say Scully increased their interest in STEM and 43% say they considered working in STEM because of her. 91% that knew of her said she was a good role model. And there are so many heartwarming stories of uh, women scientists sitting around with friends to watch the show and being inspired to do what they do in part by Scully. Now, 
all this is to say, like, I think that article that brought this character to my attention that came up the other day was saying, like, you know, how big actually is this effect? Like, can we really measure it? Is it a real thing? But I mean, I think that you can certainly say, even if she wasn't the main reason by this survey, she did, like, maybe, you know, get you interested or, like, maybe you thought about it when you hadn't before, um, which I think is great. So when I initially heard the Scully effect, I thought it was a sexual connotation. Oh, well, we're going to talk about that. (laughs) Yes, many women were like, oh, hello, Scully, in that level, and then being Mm -hmm. interested in threesomes because of the X-Files. Oh. That's what I thought it was. No context to it whatsoever. Moving on. Interesting. Actually, we are going to talk about that kind of in a second. (laughs) But first, we got to talk about the pantsuits, okay? So one thing people love about this character is her dang pantsuits. Like a lot of the articles I found were like ranking Scully's fashion. It was great how many people were like, no, it's horrible fashion, but I love it. And other people being like, no, this is the top of the fashion. (laughs) But I love it. Um, And when the show was coming out, this was like when pantsuits were becoming a thing and it's third-wave feminism. And it was interesting to see the evolution of that through this character. While she is introduced in this iconic outfit, simple to the point, and you probably, it's when you think of Scully, you probably think of it where it's the white and the black blazer and kind of the black pencil skirt. Throughout the show, she wears some slacks, some shoulder pads, some patterns to the point her outfits spawned passionate early days internet discussions because yes, this was also the early days of the internet. Her style is sometimes called competence core. Her style is both mocked and praised, yes. Um, Her outfits both display femininity while leaning into masculinity, a strategy that many women in masculine fields employed. Um, As the show progresses, her clothes become more tailored to show off her shape more. But it was interesting. You can find articles like talking about the symbolism of her outfit and what it says about like where women in the workplace were at the time and how, yeah, being in this masculine field, she she was kind of like trying to lean into that with these boxies outfits, but then also still remain feminine. Interesting. Yeah, I remember those suits, even though I didn't know much of the show. I remember those suits. Mm-hmm. So from Megan Garber at The Atlantic, she stays, as she sheds layers of clothes season after season, as blouses go unbuttoned, they give away to tight t-shirts and slight camisoles, as blazers get belted and nipped and shortened, as coats shrink to fit her form, Scully sheds something else as well, her belief, and indeed her default trust in all that she has taken for granted. The big things so many of us take for granted. Government, religion, culture, the carefully constructed intellectual infrastructures that give the world its order. All of those, as The X-Files goes on, get called into question. Scully's clothes become a metaphor for her willingness to believe in disbelief. They become a visual symbol of how far her rationality has taken her. Scully, her clothes suggest, her weighty coats and bulky pants jettisoned in favor for more freeing options might finally be able to share Mulder's faith in faithlessness. Ooh, I love it. Ooh. I also remember asking my mom before I, the band came in place why Mulder always wore ties. Because he always is getting strangled by them. And I'm like, this seems pointless. Why? I mean, I guess it's going to go for <laughs> women with long hair. Why? You know you're going to be yanked <laughs> by it. That's true. That's true. So going back to what you were talking about, uh, Samantha, there is a thing called I Am an X-Files Lesbian. 
And I know, I yes, I have told the story a million times of being attracted to both Mulder and Scully. I didn't know this was like a whole thing, but apparently it is. I am not alone in it. Uh, there's no threesome element as far as I know, but Scully is sometimes jokingly referred to as the, quote, gateway lesbian of choice. Academic research has been done on this, on the, quote, Jillian Anderson, Dana Scully made me gay movement from the 90s. Again, this is My what I thought the Scully effect was. Originally. Oh, wow. I, did, I didn't know it was, like, been studied. And I did read it. There's only, as far as I know, there's only one academic paper, but I did read it. I was like, whoa, man. <laughs> uh, but also, yes, early days of the internet, X-Files was one of the first shows to foster an online fan fiction community to the point Scotland Yard investigated, believing the writers were involved in a cult. Oh, Scotland Yard, uh, you silly guys. I <laughs> no, yeah. What's so funny is we will soon see a reference to this in Sex and the City in that fantasy level. Oh, it's a quick I'm so reference. excited. Very quick. But I'm excited oh. for you to hear to see how you react to it. Oh, I am excited. Okay, well, I got that to look forward to. I have a friend, actually the friend I used to watch at the same time on the phone with, and she's re-watching X-Files right now. And I've been very much enjoying her updates yeah. of where she is. And it, 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 out of context, it can sound quite bizarre, which I love. Um, but she's saying <laughs> like when she was younger, she had a bigger crush on Mulder, but she also had a crush on Scully, but now she has the bigger crush on Scully. Yeah. Still a crush on Mulder, but bigger on Scully. Yep. That's fair. Yep. yep. That's fair. Oh, this has been so fun. <laughs> Not one, but two effects we get to talk about. As always, listeners, if you have a suggestion for someone we should feature on Fictional Women Around the World, or any suggestion at all for something we should talk about, you can email us. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 